Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I have always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have near-death experiencer, Maria Lupita. Now, Maria had a profound near-death experience where she was, as she puts it, bathed in a pool of love, had a conversation with Christ and the Mother Mary, and so much more. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Maria Lupita. How are you doing, Maria? Very good. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk to you about your multiple near-death experiences. I mean, you're doing something wrong. You shouldn't be having more than one. There's, I mean, you, you're you're standing in the wrong place. Something's happening. <laughs> right. It's it's a little kick by the universe to get back into gear. So yeah, that's, I, that's, that's exactly what I would describe it as. And by the way, near-death experiences aren't slight kicks. They're full sledgehammers. <laughs> exactly. They think that, you know, when we have this experience on the other side, that everything is like glory and bliss and we come back and it's going to be like, oh, we actually come into the massive trials of trying to apply everything that we learned. So I've spent the last 22 years trying to figure all that out. So I'm so excited to share all of this. Awesome. So much. So, all right. So first question is, what was your life like before your first near-death experience? Well, I had a lot of trials and, and experiences. I was going through one of the most difficult things in my life, quite honestly. I had a massive experience, something that I was actually going to be stepping into, uh, a huge trial, a big, big dilemma in my life. And I did not know how I was going to be able to handle it. Um, then full-on near-death experience, I call it full-on because I had a what I call a brief pop-out with my first child. But this full-on experience happened just three hours after the birth of my daughter. And it was through her and, and her birth that actually I, I didn't want to be here because of everything I was experiencing. So the first chance I got, I got out. But it was also through the awareness of, oh, my gosh, I just had a baby, you know, get back here. And then when I got back here, I'm thinking, what did I do? I went through a depression that they thought was like postpartum, but it really, truly was all that bliss, all of that love, all of that peace, that sense that we had on the other side was not here when I returned. So that, that that's a big story, but yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, that's um I hear that from a lot of near deathers that they they when they come back here, they're just like, oh, oh I gotta stay here now. I mean I would much rather go back where the yeah. the, the party's at. Uh right. this is tough. This is dense. This is pain is here and you feel everything and it's and it's oh. part of the pro- so there is I've heard multiple of my guests have talked about this kind of depression or even you know, thoughts of like, I don't want to be here anymore kind of thing. I wanted to go home. I right. wanted to go home. That, and I had that feeling ever since I could remember as a child. I When you talk about multiple near-death experiences, I recognized that I had my very first when I was a child. And, and again, it was more of like a pop-out experience because as a child, I really didn't make sense of it. Um, I was in Mexico City. I was with my family. We were in Acapulco. We dropped. I was in a pool and I had gone under the water, taken in water. And I had this experience of what I called my golden lady, you know, and then ever since then, that was about three and a half years old. I wanted to go home. I had this big experience that was like with my first Holy Communion thinking, okay, we're going to have this experience. And, you know, it was like a letdown, you know, thinking like, okay, that didn't quite happen. I remember sitting in church thinking, I want to go home. I remember for the longest time as I could remember wanting to go home. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you think a three-year-old needed to go through, because you were saying it's a a little kick or a nudge. Three-year-olds generally don't need that. So why do you think that happened to you so young and gave you the awareness of the other side so young? Well, it has to do with life purpose. 
for me, I understood that. So I don't know if people are familiar with the concept of uh, star seed or star being mm -hmm. profound experiences in my, in my growing up in my family and um, having had these like other incredible experiences as a three-year-old, what I remember with my golden lady is excitement. And I remember being told of like, no, 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 it's not time yet. But when, when, you yeah. know, it was this more of excitement of something to come. And so it was this feeling of holding on to something my entire life. So I am devoutly um, spiritual. I, I have, well, my name is Maria Guadalupe, which mm -hmm. is after Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. um, my own birth was very challenging. So my mom was three weeks late for me, with me. I didn't want to be born. I did not want to be born. So when I was on the other side, I had this experience of what's called a pop-in. So I remember my mom being pregnant, seeing her pregnant, and then deciding if I even wanted to come into this life. And that was my very first experience. So in, in here in present time, it was a three-week delay. So I was late by three weeks. And when I had the experience on the other side, that was the awareness of, I don't even know if I want to do this. My mom had had a, a miscarriage before me and a miscarriage after me. I was also almost, all, all, I was almost another because I didn't know I wanted to be born, to be quite honest with you. And so it was this constant thing. And so at three years old of remember, like, I'm excited. No, 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 not time yet. Go back, you know, like it's okay. And then went through life and this whole experience and then had the full on NDE. And that was the kick back into gear. So at three years old, knowing that this was, I had seen the Tilma in Mexico City at the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm named mm -hmm. after her. You know, and that was by design because my mama said that, you know, if I was to be born, born safe, she would name me after her. So I carry her name and uh, had that experience. But it was always this deep, profound knowing, but there was something more. If something wasn't quite right, that there was just something that I couldn't put my hands on, my fingers on, and mm -hmm. I wanted to go home. A missing of something. And then I went through and I denied this inner knowing. I, I went in a path of, you know, the the picket fence, the, the, the marriage, the two kids, you know, the animal, getting the job, denying all this spirit side. And that was the big kick. So it's like the universe with these subtle voices of going in a specific direction that I was resisting, which is everything that I am now. And then I had that massive experience. And I can honestly say now that I am so thankful that I came back. I'm so excited about what I'm here and sharing and being able to express. So it's pretty exciting. So all the way back then was more soul purpose and a remembering and an excitement to just hold on. It's going to get tough. And then the other one was get back into gear. You're not doing what you said you were going to do. Let's let's do this. So, all right. So, how many near-death experiences have you had technically? If I count the in utero one, uh, my three and a half year old, um, at three and a half, I had a pop out with my son. It's all mine are always intrinsically tied with it seems birth and death. Okay. So one, two, three, four, and then I had. A scad heart attack this, this past October, on October third, th uh, it'd be exact, wow. and that was what I'm calling a fifth dimension, uh, like inner healing, where the first near death experience is like I had to, I, I wasn't taken anywhere, like traveling, although it felt like a sense of floating. It was more like a consuming in the room, but this other one was like not even going into another location. It was like literally brought to me, and that right. was past October. So, right, so, before, so before we give away the ending, yeah. let, <laughs> let's go to the yeah, first, yeah. let's go to the first big, the first big, your main near death experience. Okay. So when that kicked you into drive, tell me, oh. tell me about that. Okay. So that happened on the day that my daughter was born. It happened three hours after her birth and not because of the birth I had, <clears throat> because my pregnancies were so difficult. I ended up with a condition called help in both of them. It has to do with elevated enzymes and platelets and all kinds of things. It's life-threatening. The only way to cure it is delivery of the baby. My first child was uh, born 10 weeks early. My second was about three weeks early. So I was induced. And they said, there, there's no way that you can have another child. So I planned to have a tubal ligation. They kept the catheter in my back and uh, I had an epidural, um, you know, with no complications during her birth. And with that same catheter remained, they gave me a spinal block. And that stopped my heart, stopped my lungs. 
And they, as they were wheeling me out of the birthing room to go into the operating room. And so they had to full on resuscitate me. So they had to intubate me, breathe with oh the, the bag, and they actually had to resuscitate my heart. And this was not anesthesia. This was not to be put under. I was supposed to be entirely awake, alert, and just numb from, you know, that point of the spinal block down just so that I wouldn't feel the pain while well, I had a reaction to it. And I, I was out for approximately eight minutes <laughs> on the other side. That seemed like an infinite time. It mm-hmm. still felt like. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I don't know how to explain it quite fully because I still feel like I straddle. I'm still partially there, which we all are. That's mm-hmm. a lot of explain, but I'm very aware of my full on presence there. So mm-hmm. that was my full biggest one. And that with eight minutes on the other side, that's when I had the biggest. That was the one that sent me into, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. what is this? How do I resettle and acclimate back into life? And that so was what- the biggest one. So we heard this side. What happened on the other? So the very first thing is that, you know, with that consumption of whiteness, it was, again, like a floating feeling, but it was this immersion into this pure energy, pure crystal, like like the light of a million suns that didn't burn my eyes. It was an energy. The very first thing that I saw was La Virgen, the Blessed Mother. And I know that has to do with my belief and my upbringing and all of this. Secondly, I saw intertwined hearts of the sacred heart with the blessed heart, which is also Jesus. And then past and beyond them, I saw like this pinpoint of energy, this light that I knew what I now call the God center of the universe. I had this experience with them. I I have not shared a lot of those communications, um, you know, up to this point, but a profound experience. And because I did not want to return, I, it was an entire process of working with a multitude of, of beings a total of four different groups. Part of it, what had to do with healing and being taken to like a healing temple. Part of it was a life review to understand what I was experiencing so that I could understand it. It was intricate, like a technology on the most incredible. It's a soul technology that we've lost. Mm -hmm. So I was exposed to that. And then there was also like working with a group and a council to be able to, how do I apply this when I get back? How do I do these things? What happened? And so there was all of these different processes. And I was in the the fourth group was about seeing what I'm now knowing as a valley of souls. I'm calling it a valley of souls. So it's our soul group that is here now on the earth plane. Uh, so a field of flowers, you know, being shown that that's what we are, that how we're intricately attuned, every possible color that you could think of, you know, so a sea of, of reds and blues and every color of the spectrum, you know, that represented every single soul. And every color of red that you could possibly think of, so unique. Then I was shown things about the universe, our earth, you know, what we are. And then lastly, after all of that, feeling like I had enough to be able to understand and come back, fulfill my purpose that I felt at three and a half years old, that excitement to come back, you know, and have enough of understanding and be able to be here. So that was the entire process. At the very end, I found myself kind of where I began in this consumed white space with the Blessed Mother. And at this moment, you know, she was holding my daughter that I had just had hours old, you know, and she happened to, I had to notice that my mom was standing next to her. My mom was alive. My mom was uh, present at the birth. And the Blessed Mother kissed my daughter, handed my daughter to my mom. And it was that awareness of, oh my God, I had a child. I can't leave her motherless on the day that she's born. And it was not like this, angelic separation with this beautiful like healing thing it was like a an instantaneous panic of oh my god I had a child so it felt like I landed back into my body falling 10 stories and I felt every single bit of the pain they I was still intubated and it felt like I was being buried alive I couldn't move whatsoever and just one single tear and I remember someone cradling my head and whispering into my ear it's going to be okay I thought it was a nurse, but I now think it to be, you know, that that angelic God energy and crash landed back and, you know, had a long recovery after that. <laughs> so, all right. So let's go back for a second, because mm-hmm. there's a couple of areas there. I want to see if we can dig into a little bit. You had these four sections, you were saying, four different groups. Can you kind of go a little bit more into detail in each of these groups? Because they're fascinating. Some of the things I've heard before, some I haven't. So what was that first one? 
So after the the very first one was really about um, more of, of, of like a healing. It was a two-part thing. So these two kind of interacted intermittently. And this was probably the primary uh, activity at the beginning. After that full experience with the Blessed Mother and all of that. It's like being transported when the location moves, but yet I would simultaneously move. There would be like one particular being always with me through every single group. And it was as though there was one particular being that would somehow separate into three, kind of like um, like, like separated. Um, I don't know how to fully explain it. Very specific tasks. The first one is about reviewing what was going on. What was my life event? The traumas that I had experienced, the abuses that I had gone through. Like everybody, I've gone through abuses and even as a child. What happened to us? What is that that pain that we carry? So it was a process of not like, look what you did. It was more of, let's look at the life. Let's see how these things happened. It would be, a, it was a platform of which I stood and, and it was like um, this technology where a span of infinite pixels, if you would, I could like stretch it out, fast forward, find a time, like be able to pull it up on this, like what looked like a book at the time. Again, mm -hmm. mind you, it's 22 years ago, way before Harry Potter, right before mm -hmm. the movies and moving, you know, images and stuff like that. But that's what I saw. I had no reference of this prior to that time. Mm -hmm. So it was like a moving living book. And then I could cast it up on a screen and then actually interact and see but there, it became something more where it was like interactive and holographic. I had one of the most horrific experiences and I was like interjected into it again. But then I could also switch roles with the other individual to understand what were they experiencing? What was the decisions? What made them up? So this entire immersive process and one of them was so overwhelming that from then I would be into this healing, like taken to like a healing temple. I would be immersed in what I'm calling like this effervescent, most pure life force energy. It would like deatomize and kind of just cleanse and purify the experience. And because I was still with the human experience while still soul experience, when we're there on the other side, all of this makes total sense. But I was still in that half space, knowing that this is what we go through after we pass. How do we acclimate and, and, and receive all that information through our awareness and apply it? So it was about understanding the painful things I'd gone through and then healing, receiving the healing and the cleansing of it in this, what I'm calling the healing temple, like a, a pool of, of the purest life force, like a reset, if you would. And so this kind of happened several times. And after these two occurrences, then it was more of working with a council. Like, um, and again, it was always seemed like four different groups of four, one was always with me. So it would be like, but these prime, and I know that they were all together and I know that they each serve as my full council. So the next thing was like sitting with all of them, but there was always a group of that primary with really working. What is it that I set up in my life's agreement? What was it that my purpose is? What did I choose? How did this actually happen? What am I going back into? Now that's the catch I'm going back into mm -hmm. and understanding those pieces, what we are, what we're even here to do, where we come from. What if this, what, what all of this is even about, and it is not what we think. Mm -hmm. So you, so when you were talking to the council, cause I've heard of the council of elders before. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm assuming that's kind of what this is. This is part of your, I, I'm assuming soul family, or at least your spirit guides. Spirit guides. Yeah. So I was able to see spirit family. So there's a, there is spirit family so that we actually do incarnate with, but that's entirely different. Mm -hmm. I did have some other engagements, but it was primarily just working with this wise council, what I call the wise council, but it's exactly that different names, same thing that we each have, you know, a group and that we all work with and then technology and this understanding, we're not left alone to it. The hardest part is that, you know, our plane is we have to abide by the rules. And what governs this is this um, amnesic experience for our seeking, you know, that's, I know I'm kind of skipping ahead, but mm -hmm. that's understanding that I was given at the time, what we are, why does this happen? What are the experiences? And so it was definitely that wise counsel. So let me ask you this then, from your opinion, why do you think all this information of the other side is starting to come out in a mass way? I mean, near-death experiences have been around 
for a while, but more predominant because of resuscitation and being able to do what we're able to do now. I mean, I've talked to scholars who go back to Roman times and Egyptian times about near-death experiences. But, but you know, 70s with Raymond Moody uh, when he wrote his book and that kind of started the ball rolling. But now, I mean, there, it's in the zeitgeist, like don't go to the light, you know, run away from it. These kinds of ideas are much more broad and these conversations are becoming more, much more uh, accessible. Why do you think it's happening now at this time? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Well, in, in the way that I like to say it is put simply is that the time of the earth, new, new earth is right now and we are the ones creating it. So I'm going to, I have not talked about this uh, before, mm-hmm. but I, in pursuit of trying to understand myself afterwards, the power of our mind is so incredible. Um, I had an experience as a child with hypnotherapy uh, in preparation for surgery, and I was always fascinated by it. So I pursued hypnotherapy. Well, I went to the Hypnotherapy Academy of America, and part of my training was receiving all of this. Well, there was an experience where we are doing past life regressions, okay? And every single person in my group had a present, you know, pretty near past, you know, recent history experience. When it came to me, and what in the, and the question through that experience is, go to the lifetime that is most impacting your reason for being in this lifetime. And what I saw, quite literally, Alex, was was myself in this ship. I was, there was a blue glowing light. Okay, go to the next event. What am I looking at? I'm looking at the planet ahead of me. Okay, when is this? 30,000 years ago. Where are you now? Go next. I am in this arid area. They're like, okay, look at yourself. They're like, how big are you? I'm like 14 feet tall. Hmm. And I'm, and I'm loving the people. And I see myself in that at 300 span of 300 years in an arid area and on a humid area. And that we were in a sea of people in this place that I would liken similar to Washington, D.C., of like the, the, the mall, where there was hundreds of thousands of people that I'm hovering above and we're looking at this alignment. Okay. And I recognize that there are some of us that have been on this planet here to help and aid for this thing that is occurring. When I say that there's a soul technology, it is a technology and something has occurred on the planet, you know, within our recent history that has actually trapped a lot of souls here on the planet in this reincarnation process. And so why is it happening now? Well, two things. One, that it was shown that we are actually traversing in the sector of the universe and something that is extraordinary and unlike anything we've experienced before. So if you can imagine that we are hurling through space at an unfathomable speed and that there we are a part of a cluster of galaxies that is living, breathing, vibrating energy. You know, we're going from a 55 mile zone, you know, headed on to an on-ramp of a, you know, a freeway, 75 miles an hour. Our galaxy is transitioning. We're getting extra energy from the sun, which is also getting, there's a, a network of communication throughout the entire universe. And it is being fully transmitted onto us right now. People are awakening like no other. And I was shown about four years ago because um, I download channel, do all kinds of things. But in this meditation, I was shown one morning that the earth was was going through a process of mitosis, cell division. And it looked like in my mind's eyes that the earth was literally separating into two energies and that there literally is two energies that are coexistent on this planet right now. I'm calling one third density, heavy, dense energy, darker, duality, opposition, separation. And we have now arrived into another one, which is fifth density energy. And that is unity, oneness. And the physics and the laws of one does not operate the other. And we are half and half. And most of us are stuck in the what I'm calling the icky sticky in between, trying to figure out where we are in between. So most of us are awakening. The people that are awakening to this are now discovering, like, I know who I am. I remember where I'm from. I know what I'm here to do. And and here on a mission so that we can share that because what we are has been taken from us. We have this incredible power within us that has been hijacked. Mm -hmm. We are so powerful. And it is happening on the planet now so that we can awaken and learn and discover all of that. 
yeah, that's why now. Ooh, New Earth is now. We are the ones making it. Yeah, Where, no... and, and the choice is up to us. Where are we going to land? Correct. And and, and and everything you've said has been said. I, I've heard on the show before in a certain <laughs> way or, or another, wow. in just a beautiful way. But the theme mm-hmm. is the same. Interesting. And the, yeah, it is. And again, my perspective is very different because I had talked to so many people like yourselves in this space that I can start seeing patterns faster than others because unless you're watching every single episode and really taking note, it's hard to do. So everything you said is something that has been said in one way, shape or form. And it just continues to reinforce the idea of there is an awakening. There is something going on. Um, These conversations are happening more and more. You know, we're literally, the show is reaching millions of people every month. Uh, and growing more and more. That's unheard of five years ago wow. or, or 10 years ago. There wouldn't be these kind of talks back then. So mm-hmm. there is something going on without question. Now, um, the when you were in the healing and life review thing, I found that really interesting because you're unique in the sense that I've heard of life reviews and I've even heard of healing, but being able to jump back and forth, it was kind of like, we got to clean out the carburetor here. We got to put this, this car back on the street. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, like I was short circuited with so much trauma, you know, yeah. because something that's also unique to this earth realm is like the power of our emotions. That is what the power is, you know? So when and he, there, I was recently shown is that, you know, what, what we think that other species and other interplanetary systems coming to the planet earth for gold, it's not so much, you know, the element of gold, but it's that mana, prana, life force, energy that we hold inside of ourselves. It's a golden essence. It's a, it's something that is so, so powerful that like all of the universe is watching to see what happens with us right now. That's how incredible it is right now. Yeah, And you're part of it. You know, you're fulfilling your purpose by having this platform to be able to unify these so that people who are interested can carry that. So you're fulfilling your perfect part of this whole process, too. I, I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We're all playing our part. We're all playing our part. Cut wood and carry water. Cut wood and carry water. <laughs> um, going back to the beginning of your near-death experience, you there was interactions with the, the Holy Mary, uh, Guadalupe, um, and also uh, Jesus or Christ consciousness as well, right? Again, right. a lot of these I these icon the 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 imagery is based on your own programming of this lifetime. Makes you comfortable. Exactly. And that's yeah. what we have to understand is that most people, so the, the biggest misunderstanding is that like we die and something ends and something else begins. That's not what happens. We continue. Our consciousness is a continuation. I mean, the majority of us is already there. It's our awareness that brings us here. Okay. That's what people don't understand. We are already there, safe at home at rest. Our awareness and our consciousness is here in this physical experience. Very real. But the majority of us is already there, you know, and that is something that is so profound that we don't even begin to understand. And when we learn that, we can understand like, ooh, there's something much, much greater here. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Now, did you did you run into relatives or anybody else that you pets, anything like that on the other side? Not in my experience, with the exception of at the very end. Now, this is very interesting because my mom and my daughter were both alive at the time. Okay, so I did not have any experience. However, I have had the the ability to be able to see, you know, the crossings of others in four, four specifically, pardon me, four specifically that I can recount. And where there, and again, it depends on the soul, what's happening to the soul. Mine, I felt like I was brought there to have this reset, if you will. Others who actually do cross, they do see. Like from my brother, when he passed, he did see and was greeted by our parents and, and a whole you know slew of beings on the other side. Mine was not because it was more of like an interception. I felt like I was intercepted to be reacclimated to have this cleansing to not make mm-hmm. that choice to fully go back so that's why one was like okay let's let's recollect or get this figured out and so i didn't fully and there was i knew at the very beginning that with the blessed mother and jesus the christ consciousness that i didn't fully go into that full-on tunnel that there was this this interaction engagement messages things but then it was like 
again, this going in a different direction of like, okay, let's, let's look at your life. Let's heal. Let's, let's kick you back into gear, put you back into play. So in other, in other words, like this car, this engine is not going to make it. We got to bring it back in and tune her up or else she's not going to be able to fulfill the purpose essentially. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So with, when you, before this um, exit uh, on the, on the highway, you were going down, you took this exit to do all this stuff. What were some of the messages, the downloads and things like that, that you kind of talked about with Christ consciousness, with Holy Mary and and so on? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It was about that understanding of what it is that we actually are, that how powerful we are. That, that that which is within us is that we are meant to be these soul-enlivened beings. And there's two parts, you know, that, there, that we have the ability, when we talk about being awakened, we're talking about a person who is like aware and their soul is engaged, okay? So it was really about that, understanding what is the Christ consciousness, how powerful are we? And that what is, has been missing is this understanding in half of, half of the God energy, Okay, and it has nothing to do with religion, that there is this great goddess, it is the the Sophia, the wisdom, it is the the primordial energy that is the universe that is alive, that God energy in motion. And then there's this other that is the idea. So these two parts work together. Call it God, the masculine and God, the feminine. Okay, so that feminine creative energy, that's what's missing on the planet. We're so disconnected for our creativity, feeling so alone and separate. And that it's about, we are one. Because what I saw was the sacred heart. And if you're, if people are familiar, it's, it, it blooms and blossoms, you know, and with this, the immaculate heart. And the sacred heart is Jesus is with thorns, like what he had on the head. What I saw was those thorns mixed with her blooms, that we take our pain and it becomes into blossom, that they were almost like one heart. I saw these, this red and this blue, like dancing fire together as they were like intermingled as like a unified heart. I don't know how to fully describe that, but it was more of the explanation of the Christ consciousness. Now it's taken me 22 years to really begin to understand all of this because when I first came back, I didn't have this kind of language. You know, it took a long time for me to seek, learn, understand, and I had no guides. I had nobody to talk to. It was really like just this constant process of like downloading and, you know, this, I, I'm going to call it communion, communication downloads, and then, you know, being guided so that I could really come to understand that which was given to me in my NDE. It took a process and it was not easy. And it didn't like, I did not have this full awareness and where everything just completely worked afterwards. <laughs> it was like really working at it and working hard at it, just like everybody else. You know, there, there was no, um, I didn't get a pass. <laughs> no no know, manual, no manual. There was no, well, and this is the crazy thing is that it was the discovery of the manual. There is a manual and it was taken from us. So when I talk about this soul technology, there is. It's been hidden and taken. And it's like by by hiding that which is, we, we are seeking, right? People that are here are seeking. We're seeking something. We're finding something we want. We feel that there's something out there and we're looking, looking, looking. But we're not looking in the one place that it actually exists, which is here. And it's not even a thing, Alex. It's, a, it's like a portal. Mm-hmm. It is a, it's an access point that if you tap into that place, ooh, life flows. And that's the thing that's been hidden. So yeah, there was no manual, but it's taken about 22 years to understand that there actually is. And that is what people are discovering now, you know, and all these different pieces and all of the, in all of these different languages, religion is a language, science is a language, you know, quantum physics is a language. Those are Art. languages all saying the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, okay, so you have this near-death experience. You come back to the world how did you process this psychologically? How did the, the, when did you come out of the closet of the NDE closet with your family and friends? And because mm-hmm. I'm assuming they didn't look at you go, Oh yeah, sure. That makes sense. No. <laughs> okay. 22 I years ago, that. no less. 22 exactly. years ago. no less. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love the question because 
my mom took one look at me after uh, the whole, they still pursued and, and did the tubal ligation. So I still had the, sur the surgery. Uh, it took about 45 minutes longer. My mom took one look at me and she was like, Mija, ¿qué pasó? what happened? Like, and she knew um, I was like convulsing and I, I short circuited. Um, I, for about the first year and a half, I had these, I, I call them violent flashes. And to me, they felt violent because they felt very overwhelming, over succumbing, like would completely overcome me. And these images of my NDE that would just come in a flash with this overwhelming, like anxious feeling, not knowing what it was. So when I first started, it was selfish. I needed to understand what the heck happened. Now, the difference is that I started to finally feel comfortable about three years in. Now, I'm going to say four. So three years at about 2003, I started to seek doctors. You know, I went to four different doctors. I was very careful for them not, for me not to say that I was sensing energy, that I was feeling things, that I was hearing things. Because I do have an uncle. My mother's brother is schizophrenic. And so I needed to be very careful to not, you know, invite that knowing that it's very different. It's like people who are, um, who actually have that, they're very powerful beings, by the way, but that's a whole other discussion. Mm -hmm. So three years into this, and then finally I tried taking antidepressants that, oh, they just did not work for me. So I had to stop. And then I thought, okay, God, if you cannot take this away from me, help me understand it. So and the reason for me is because I started to experience things, sense things, feel things, know things. Um, I now recognize that I, I call it a wisdom keeper, but like I have access to, some people call it the Akashic records. I don't. I call it the sacred living library. Same word. Akash is a Sanskrit word for the same thing. So simultaneously, while trying to come back in life and understand what happened, I was like so raw that I would sense and feel things with people that I worked with. And I had no intentions of doing anything in that world or, or realm. I was brought up Spanish Catholic and that we don't do stuff like that. I want to use the, I want to drop a couple of words, but I had, it was a process of understanding that this is not something to fear, something that we are meant to be. Um, I prayed on it, prayed a lot, developed faith, and then something completely entirely opened up out of it. So being okay with coming back. So I had two things. And I love that you said, yeah, for me, it was not only coming out of the NDE closet, but coming out of the psychic closet. And that was very, very hard. Yeah. And, pe because... and people around you didn't accept it as easily. Um, Some did and some did not, but it, but I think that I, myself, they only represented what was me. I had a hard time dealing with it with myself, you know, so right. psychologically, you're just trying to deal with it. Of course. Entirely, entirely. So I started to have more, confidence and more comfort of being able to say like oh gosh this thing happens can I just tell you and then finally understanding it like no there was a whole plan and a mission so that excitement of that three and a half year old child self of like okay no not now what was that even about now I can honestly like oh my god this is so exciting you know so like to be able to share these things to be able to talk about these things now I know that that's what I felt early on you know, so through that period of coming back was the unlearning, the unwinding, the unbinding, the clearing out all of the clutter, the misunderstanding, the the teachings and the created beliefs that, you know, really, again, it's that unwinding. That was the whole thing of the indoctrination to take away the, the power that we are. So I had to undo all of that so I could learn something entirely different. When I say learn, I didn't have, again, you know, guides or anything. It was really being comfortable within myself and then really tuning in, discovering it, learning it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's a heck of a, heck of a good journey so far. It, and intense. <laughs> to say the least. The intense. You know, so and then, then I, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, you said that you had a second one that mm -hmm. was, Fairly intense in a way, but a different way. Can you tell us about that one? Okay. So yeah, perfect timing. Um, this past October, October 3rd to be exact, I had a SCAD heart attack. And that stands for a spontaneous coronary artery dissection. Um, I, yeah, it, and it's not because of a clogged artery. It actually happens uh, primarily in women when we're, especially when our hormones change later in life, but when we're going through a lot of stress, distress and emotional distress. I have a high history of uh, heart disease in my family. 
And we had lost my brother, my older brother, Sebastian, not even uh, nine months before that. So there was a lot of emotional distress going on. I had this heart event happen. And while I was in the emergency room with my sister, after the diagnosis was given, um, I had an incredible emergency room doctor that was able to call it and was able to explain exactly what it was. So I was holding this, my hand, uh, my sister's hand, and she was with me. Uh, and we shifted into prayer. She was helping me in that moment. And after I had this experience of this, I'm, I'm calling it a fifth density healing, that where I wasn't transported, the room did not go white this time. I didn't float anywhere. But I had this incredible, in, um, for lack of better words, I want to say in my mind's eye. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. That simultaneously right where I was, but with my eyes open, I could feel and sense that these golden beings with this golden energy, this golden essence and vibration, they were like iridescent, translucent, not so much unified, like solidified. It was like holographic infused right in present time. My sister was, um, you know, she had her my head cradled and she was doing just this deep prayer, but something massively transitioned and happened right where I was present time. I saw this, only other time that I saw this was when I had my NDE. That it was that same feeling of that golden energy when I was going through my own healing. When I was taken to those healing temples and that effervescent energies and waters, that I had that same experience with these beings present in the the emergency room at Trista St. Vincent in Santa Fe. So in the city of Holy Faith, in the county of Holy Faith, at the foot of the mountains of the blood of Christ mountains, Sangre de Cristo mountains, I had this massive experience. I had this healing right on the spot. And yeah, I felt and saw these beings in a technology that I saw when I was on the other side. It was, they brought up and it was explained that it wasn't like a scan of my body, but the energy of my actual body. It was like the, the information, the structures of how, and I saw my physical heart. Now, the craziest thing is out of this experience of a massive transition of the physical heart. And there's something that is actually quite profound and that's, that I've discovered. And this shows evidence of these two timelines that I talked about. So when we talk about, I don't know if you've heard this, Alex, of like where people say like, where is the location of your physical heart? So mm -hmm. in your physical body, where is the heart located? Most people would say on the left, you know, that when we cross our hand over our heart, it would be on the left side. If you were to Google a page right now and say anatomy and location of the heart, it's going to show it to you that it's right directly smack dab in the center of the thymus, okay, behind it. People are experiencing like, wait a second, that's not what the anatomy looked like. The heart used to be on the left. Why is it showing images of it on the center? You will actually discover and see images like that where there's literally two things. I know that I experienced this incredible healing with that entire process happening. And that was about an hour and a half into this. And then about two o'clock in the morning, we were waiting for a room to, for myself to be admitted. I was in the hospital for about four days. So as I was wheeled into this other area for a CT scan to occur, well, they wheeled me there too early and I went into a moment of panic. I had just had that massive experience, the healing and all of these things. But then I had a moment of doubt. And, and I felt the presence of the Blessed Mother there in the room with me. So I closed my eyes and I could envision the same thing that I felt from the first full NDE. And I felt as though she was cradling and holding me this time. And I could hear and feel of like, don't doubt, like receive the healing that you actually experience because it is truly your decision of where you will land, either in that reality of one or the other. So I went into this mode of completely accepting and receiving that it was real, that it did occur, and that I am choosing it, and that and to understand the reality and the truth of it all. And then things began to shift and change in my experience there in the hospital. So a fifth density healing with these light beings in the room present with me, present, that I didn't have to travel. And this is the thing is that 
heaven is not a place that we go. It is not a location. It is a state of our being and it is present and it is here with us. Here, here with us, now present. So the difference between the first is like being taken away at a distance 22 years ago. The difference now with this new vibration and energy, it's right here. So this fifth density, we are immersed in this world. We do have all of this available. We are far more than what we think. If we just would allow and open and receive it, and it is a, there is a way to do it. It's a technology. It's a, it's, it's a process and those instructions that you speak of, there is a way. And when we do that and awaken to that, there is this other energy that comes through that we can fuse with. So one is that awakening of the soul. The other is this ambient energy of the spirit and that we can become a soul spirit fused being. And that's what we were meant to be here on this planet. That was what was hijacked. And that's why we're having this big change. It's happening did you, now. Did you remember or do you recognize any of those light beings? Even I by do. energy? I, by energy, I do. And I, I those were the same beings. Thank you, Alex, for saying that. Because you bring it full circle. That those were the exact same beings that I experienced in my first NDE. And that rather than me having to be taken anywhere... It was to know that it is right here. Yeah. So I had that massive physical healing, change in the anatomy, and this huge awareness that, oof. I used to say that whatever veil I had was removed from that NDE 22 years ago <laughs> does not even compare to what I am currently experiencing now. Mm -hmm. It's just after that, that event. So they wanted to save you some mileage, and they came to you instead. It's like, the, it's like Uber Eats. It's like a spiritual Uber Eats, essentially. <laughs> it's like a, a spiritual DoorDash. It's a spiritual DoorDash. Spiritual DoorDash. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. It was brought to me. I didn't have to go. And that's the difference. Did you leave a good tip, though? That's the question. <laughs> a damn good tip. Damn good. Yes. Oh, yeah. One that, keeps, one that I keep serving. Because that's really what it's about. Like, this yeah. is like, I feel on fire through service. Like, that's mm -hmm. how I feel. I feel like, oh, I'm so ready. Like, gosh, I, I feel so excited to share this information and in service to humanity. That I know. That I know. What am I here to do? Like, I just want to share. And, and we can become an entire new earth. Have such incredible healing. One soul healing at a time. And that's what fuels me. It's really amazing that so many near-death experiencers that come back everyone that I've spoken to all have this urge to share all has this urge to let people know what they saw and to share this. Some have books to sell. Some have nothing to sell. Not that you're going to make a whole lot of money with books. Um, you know, some have services, some don't, it doesn't matter. Some it's just about getting the information out there. And it's really, again, so many common ideas. I've yet to really run across a near death or, that even if they had a negative experience, which some have, mm -hmm. um, some even recognize it like I had to go to hell because that's what I believed and I had to go through that to be saved to come out the other end. Even those all have similar ideas that you're talking about. And not in the sense of, yes, life review, that, that, that's all that. I'm talking about the concepts that you're bringing up. Oneness, service, kindness, lack of judgment, um, these very basic universal truths mm. keep coming back again and again and again. It's one thing I noticed. I've never heard anyone say something so outlandish or so off of, out of left field that I just like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Every one of them, in one way, shape, or form, say something along those lines. And there's love, always love on the other side. And that is that is the the absolute. So what I've what I now call so when I say that we have this this special thing inside, I call it the God spark, and that might trigger some people using that word if they have like some background. So life spark, God spark, whatever source, that may be. Yeah, yeah. Source spark. Okay, so that is that that is within us. It's hidden inside of us. You know, the one thing that would for all of us seekers. If we would just turn ourselves around and stop trying to seek outside and just turn ourselves around and go inside, 
we would discover something so massively incredible and then fuse with something that was like, oh, soul fire, I call it. it. It is truly soul fusion that we can finally become the beings that we were always intended to be. And I love that you're saying this because I, I will very quite honestly say that it's out of no disrespect to any others, but I, I'm so overwhelmed with my own experience. <laughs> I haven't actually seen anybody else's. So to be able to hear you give that validation, Alex, you know, because I, I was very worried at the very beginning of like, oh my God, this is, I what I have to share is so fantastic. that like otherworldly, like they're going to think I'm insane. So to be able to hear you say that there are, so, like these interweavings of oh. truth, truth is truth truth is simple and truth is consistent you know and, and so even though there's variations of it then like there's there's universal truth and then there's personal truth i understand the difference but there within it is these consistencies and that is what i trust i trust that implicitly we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor And now back to the show. I mean, there's this reality that we are experiencing is far stranger than anything we can even imagine in fiction. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. And getting and, stranger. <laughs> and getting stranger. Exactly. And and I love that you said that. So I'm so excited too. Like if if I can, um, that I have been invited to be a guest speaker at the International Association of Near-Death Studies. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's going to be yes. held in, in August, uh, August 30th, actually, to be exact. And that's that's my birthday. Awesome. And you mentioned a book. So I'm thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm working on a manuscript. And I just came off of this massive Hay House Writers event because I am passionate about sharing it. And it really is just about reach, sharing it with people. You know, that we are all here. If we can, we are all inter and intra connected. We are not separate. We mm-hmm. are truly indeed one. You know, when one person can do it and if we can do it together, like they can create something entirely different, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what's most exciting. What is the biggest takeaway you had from your near death experience? That we are much more powerful than we think that we are, that there truly is this divine source that we have access to. And that our experience on this earth plane does not need to be difficult in the way that we've experienced it. That is by design. And that when we know how to work life, life really does work. That there Mm -hmm. is this set of instruction that we can actually follow, that we can be in flow with. And that's my biggest takeaway. We're powerful beings and we are incredible. And this can be an entirely different experience. Well, let me ask you this from your perspective. When we discover our mission, our purpose, however large or small that might be, is that part of the instruction manual? Because at least it seems that to me, because once I started this show, things started to change in a very large way for me in my life. I was like, oh, oh, I'm happy. Uh, okay, everything's taken care of. Okay, okay. And then things start, oh, doors started opening that were closed before. Things became a lot easier in that sense. Not that I don't work as hard. Everyone, I get comments warning me, stop working so hard uh, because they put out so many of these episodes. But is that what you feel as well? Absolutely. And what that is, is that our purpose here, every single one of us and however way that chooses to manifest itself is love. When we actually can bring in these principles, if you could just bring in and not even love, because sometimes that's a big word that has a lot of confusion. So it's really those fundamental things that you talked about. And there's three basics, truth, beauty, and goodness. If we can look for those three things, you are beginning to open yourself up. And it really is a language of our own soul. Our soul is within us. And it is either dormant and and they're captive while our ego struggles through all of this craziness, or we allow it to have its voice. There's these two parts that are inside of us. We have a left brain, right brain, masculine, feminine. We also have an ego and a spirit, ego and soul, Okay. So I, there is a difference between soul and spirit, but that's neither here nor there. Sometimes those words are used interchangeably, but there is a difference. Nonetheless, that's that awakened part inside that you go into flow. You give it a voice and you begin to understand that it wants your best favor. The universe is efficient, conspires in our favor. 
it knows everything, every person, every place, every circumstance, every situation that needs to be set into motion to make this work for you if we allow it. So we let go of this other energy that interferes to come on. You're like, you come online. You come online with yourself and things work. Life flows. Doors open to you. You know, things begin to happen. Things shift. And that you begin to understand. And, and we also close doors. You know, things that, that we would have, you know, felt out of obligation before that would have held us down before. So simultaneously, we're learning to raise ourselves up and then tune tune into something else that's greater. And then when we do that and just align with love. So people say, well, what is my purpose? I'm like, Ooh, what is that desire inside your heart? Those are seeds planted in you before you were even born. What, what it interests you, what enlivens you, that thing that you just can't wait to get to, you know, that's purpose fused with love. You know, that sets a soul on fire with purpose, changing the world. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions to ask all my guests. Sure. What What is your definition of living a fulfilled life? Being authentic to yourself, knowing that which is within you and staying true to yourself. How do you define God? God is that spark that is within us and that actually holds and forms everything together. It is with and in us, and we are it. If you had an opportunity to go back to the little girl that used to be you, what advice would you give her? Keep holding on to that excitement because it's going to get heavy and hard, but you're going to get there and it's going to get exciting. You will be able to be like, well, let's do this. What is the ultimate purpose of life? To discover the truth of what we are, to not be limited, to let our souls come on fire to create a new earth. Yeah. And one question, and one question I forgot to ask you before I set these last questions up. You you've mentioned psychic abilities and other abilities. What are the abilities that you came back with from your near death experience, and how do they manifest? I had a lot of difficulty calling it psychic, calling myself a medium, calling myself an intuitive, going through all these things because it's all of it. I can communicate with people who have crossed. I can sense and feel and see um, loved ones. Um, that was probably prominent early on. Second thing I recognize, I call myself a soul reader versus a, a psychic medium, even though that is part of it. Soul reader, because when I sit with someone, I can sense and feel their true essence of their soul. It is the most sacred act of, of sitting in the presence of somebody else's God spark within them and to sense and feel what's happening within their life loved ones, past things, and things, time does not exist. And people have looked at me like I have three heads, only to discover some things I told them have not yet had come to pass. You know, so that's, it's, I call it that sacred living library, like Akashic readings, something similar to Edgar Casey. Mm. I do channel, I don't channel for other individuals, it's primarily for myself, but it has occurred with other individuals when I've been massively drawn to. So it's, and, and being able to sense and feel like I, I've had time loops. I've had incredible experiences with otherworldly beings in the, in, in taken off planetary systems consciously, not physically, mm -hmm. but uh, in a, a shamanic group and prayer. Um, so I, it's, I have yet, I'll, I'll put it this way, Alex, I have yet to discover what I'm not capable of. And I don't know how to fully say that just yet, because mm -hmm. that is truly the power within all of us. So I've had the ability of, you know, having incredible sessions with people all over the world, you know, farthest I think would be New Zealand when 17 hour difference, when they're meeting with me in my, my tomorrow and their yesterday, you know, <laughs> these time loops um, I've experienced. Like, so we are far powerful, incredible beings that our consciousness flows throughout the entire universe. I mean, I've had incredible experiences that, that, that are just so otherworldly. But yeah, okay. primarily is really about helping people tap into themselves. What is at their core? What is, what is really, how can I help them tap into themselves? And that's what most brings me online and on fire to be able to help people. 
each every and and I never know what what's going to happen. I never know what's going to occur. I literally just people schedule and I just show up and whoever's on the other line and boom, like things that happen and things That's that amazing. I've been told is incredible. And where can people find out more about you, your story and the amazing work you're doing? Oh, thank you. Well, they can find it uh, directly easy on my website. It's just my name. It's marialupitagurule.com. I do have a YouTube channel. I have a Facebook page. I'm on TikTok under two small mediums, which is kind of interesting. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, so yeah, and but primarily my website. You can find all my information there and and I appreciate the opportunity. And do you have any parting messages for the audience? May we know that we are all in this together, that no matter how difficult it may be, that we actually can be, you know, that there is something else. And just knowing that the greater part of ourself is safe at home and that we can tap into it, that we don't have to feel so alone. We do have help in life. And that there is always hope. May that hope be like a seed that grows to be like that, that field of flowers that I saw. Maria, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you and sharing your story and, and helping the world awaken, my dear. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. I have appreciated this opportunity and the questions that you asked and being able to share it. So thank you. Thank you for like, truly, you really are serving by having this platform. <laughs> I want to thank Maria so much for coming on the show and sharing her journey with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 268. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.